Lions fans and city of Detroit. When we're on 16, you never stop showing up. You're disappointed, but you never stop showing up. Every week you showed up. And this motivated me to do the same thing for you. I want you to know, Michigan is our home. Detroit is our city. Lions fans are our pride. Detroit, welcome back to Lion Up, a Detroit Lions podcast. James, Andrew, and Matt on the mic tonight, episode 28, coming right at you, giving you an exclusive breakdown of another miserable Detroit Lions loss from Sunday afternoon. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at LionUpPod. Follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to get the quickest episode release notifications every Tuesday morning. We appreciate it. So here we go. Um, on to week eight. Uh, the one and five Lions hosted Tua and the four and three Dolphins in Detroit yesterday. Um, this team is again not to not to you know give my full takeaway already, but this team is pretty much built in a way that the offense has to be perfect. I think that's what it's come down to in order to have a chance for us to win. Uh, outside of maybe one one game so far or two games, uh, because this offense, I mean, this defense literally can't stop a single drive or anything. So I mean, if this offense fails, I'm consecutive drives throughout a game we, we we're pretty much put in a really really bad position we're almost throwing the game away at this point so um here we are time time to break down this uh this dolphins game let me stop crying first and then i can then i can break it down for you not much to break down like you said uh just you know every third down for miami you were you were, you were holding your breath and hoping for a miami blunder because you knew that we couldn't get off the field um, just frustrating to watch, frustrating to rewatch highlight wise. You can really stop the play and, and, and break down each individual play, but yeah, it's, it's, it's to the point where you're ripping your head out of your, your hair out of your head, watching this defense, try to try to play and pass coverage. It's just ugly. You're kind of just like hoping for a mistake by Tua or a fumble because like, you don't, you don't think that they're going to get a stop at any point, even if it's third and 15. And it's like you you hope you could punch the ball out on a catch like Kirby did, or Tua just throws the ball terribly, and we could steal a pick or something to get ourselves back in it. But like you said, like we, uh, I'm not feeling confident with any time our defense is out on the field. And obviously, you know, coaching shakeups maybe will help and everything. But so far, we haven't seen too much promise that this is going to turn around. Now, so just another news before we really break down this game, Aubrey Pleasant was uh, relieved of his duties today. So uh, he has officially packed his bags and has left uh, the Lions HQ. So uh, we are out of a, a DB coach right now. Uh, I can't say that anyone is upset. I mean, I think uh, he had a good intentions going into this year, especially what we saw in hard knocks. But, you know, uh, results is, is what sort of uh, – justifies your your skill as a coach and uh he's far from that right now so 
one coach down. Um, I tweeted that yesterday saying that I'm, you know, I'm not necessarily, you know, wanting something to happen, but I wouldn't be surprised. And here we go. Uh, one coach already out of the mix. Um, you'd have to assume Campbell and Ben Johnson's job is safe right now. Um, at least for a few more weeks or, you know, until the end, of, I think they, they make it through the end of the year. I think, I think they should be there for the end of the year. Ben Johnson hasn't done anything wrong. If anything, it's Campbell, but um, yeah, I mean, to break this down, I mean, you got, you know, Tua coming back from obviously a horrific injury a few weeks ago. It looks like he's sort of, you know, settled back in to himself. Um, but, you know, look at, look, look at how this game ended up. I mean, 20 completed passes to this two headed monster of Waddle and, and Tyree Kill almost combining for, you know, just South of 300 receiving yards between the two. I mean, it, it is, it, it was scary to watch, honestly. It, it really was. Um, it, there were, there was nothing that we could do to stop them. Uh, third downs, like Matt, you said, it, it was just, it was a guaranteed first third and long third and short. Didn't matter if we got lucky, they went for fourth and they executed, they punted once they got an extra, uh, I mean, they got a three, um, a field goal. So, I mean, we did nothing again to, to give our, our team a good chance to win this game. We really didn't. Um, like I said before, the offense had to play a perfect game from start to finish. They really let up in the, in the second half. So that really killed us by not really scoring. But um, again, you know, we, we did such a good job in the first half that you thought that we'd be in a, a good position for the second half. And it, it did the total opposite. So give me a, give me a few things that you liked in the, in the first half. I mean, you know, again, we, we, we hit the ground running. We, we had a super quick drive. We got 14 up in the first queue. And then uh, even for the second quarter, you know, putting up 27 in, in the first half is a huge accomplishment for us and something that we've probably been excelling in for this year. I think for me, just getting the running backs involved in the passing game as effectively as we did. I mean, Swift with his receiving touchdown, you know, to put us up 14 nothing. But the the plays, the design plays for the running backs out of the backfield to kind of spread everything out um, because our wide receivers were cutting them up in the middle of the field, that which opened the door for more running back receptions. And, you know, it was. A, a, like a true multi-headed monster offensively those first couple of drives yeah, so yeah. Uh, and the running I mean Jamal was running really well Goff had plenty of time in the pocket and the, the design passing plays for for DeAndre and Jamal were you know out of the backfield was was something that was really promising going into half now Andrew uh what's your take on sort of this Jamal versus uh, swift breakdown of, of touches and volume. I mean, Jamal got the start, uh, you know, again, yes, yeah, Swift is coming off an injury. He did sit, well, you know, last, last second scratch last week, but anything in your mind to be concerned about, did you, did you like how Swift played just from his touch percentage? You know, he did find his way into the end zone, but did anything catch your eye that, you know, makes you potentially worried for next week? And based on how we played? I mentioned this last week, but I'm worried about my fantasy team because, Jamal just taking all these touchdowns away from me is killing me. But, no, I mean, I, I think he – I mean, it's good to get him back in the, the lineup, get him the swing of things and everything. Um, I think I was surprised that his snap count was actually pretty high compared to his production. Um, but it, it didn't seem like he was fully comfortable yet. I mean, obviously he had, what, a month off or five weeks since week three. I think he's been out. Um, also, maybe it was the the black shoes and, and sleeve and the, the visor and everything. He just – didn't really seem to fit in those gray uniforms. Um, I mean, I'm happy he got in the end zone. Hopefully that's a little bit of a confidence booster. 
I mean, we, we spoke last week also on Jamal, like the fumble on the one yard line. Um, I think we all had confidence that he was going to be back to normal. You know, he's a gamer and he averaged over five yards of carry. So there's nothing you can complain about for that. Uh, I feel like we ran the ball overall pretty well with Jamal in the backfield. Um, just, you know, if, if Swift's not back to normal and, you know, having his very, very productive games in the next couple of weeks, I think I'll be a little concerned. Um, I think you got to give him a pass on this one just to get his feet under him and, and kind of get back into back into the swing of things. Because, I mean, that injury seemed like it would be a couple of weeks at most. And then it's, you know, into the bye week, past the bye week. I and mean, even this week, it was like, is he going to play? Is he healthy? Finally back at practice. And it seemed like he still wasn't, you know, fully good to go yet based on like what we saw in the field. So hopefully he just, you know, needs another week to that, shake the rust off and he's good to go. But uh, I, I think next week, if he's still out there, you know, questionable and, and stuff like that, his play's not looking too hot, then, um, you know, maybe we'll have some, uh, some issues to talk about. Yeah. So it's, you know, again, Jamal has been, been our guy. Um, if anything, he's been more important to this, to this running team to, than Swift, believe it or not. I never thought I would say that, but um, you know, we're lucky to have him and he's doing, he's doing great things. I and mean, we take that fumble out. Um, he's, you know, uh, top down. He's our best offensive threat right now, just because of the durability, you know, Amon Ra's been out. So, I mean, I would honestly put him at one, but uh, Jamal's been our guy. He's, he, he's crushed it for us. We're in a, I mean, I, <laughs> I wish we could say we'd be in a worse place without him, but uh, we are one in five. <laughs> we're one in six now. So um, now one thing, you know, to know that we were sort of, you know, busting Goff's balls about last week was accuracy, right? And, um, you know, that big stat was he hasn't had a completion over 26 air yards, you know, leading up to this game. Um, it was nice to see that actually get broken in the first drive. Um, he hit uh, Raymond on a, on a nice pass. Uh, and, you know, that really just, you know, got us a TD real quick, probably two minute offense from, from start to finish. So nice for him to break that. I think he broke it again in the second half. I mean, in the first half. Uh, so we got two really good plays off. So, I mean, in, in all honesty, he looked really good. He looked really good in the first half. And that's sort of what stinks because, they, they, in my opinion, the Dolphins didn't really change too much of their scheme or, or, or their type of defense to really shake us up. It's just like, we, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know what happened. I, I really don't. We were just a different team in the second half and, and just killed us at the end of the day. Um, so, I mean, again, nothing really to, to knock Goff on. I mean, again, you have to expect, you know, a guy of his caliber to sort of, equal out and, and come back to his, his normal talent. So, I mean, his overall performance, if you take the score out of the picture, you know, um, you can't say it was a bad game. Yeah. I mean, I, especially the first half, I think he was pretty solid. I mean, spread the ball around Hawkinson, you know, with a 55 yard catch, give or take, hit uh, Raymond on some, some deep balls. I think that went to the, that he was down on the five yard line, maybe a little bit underthrown. Maybe he could have gotten the end zone there, but we finished off the drive with a touchdown anyway. Um, you know, I feel like when he has all his weapons there, he's able to get out there, especially at home. I feel like the home away splits for scoring have been pretty big. Um, but like we're every week we're going back and forth, you know, great game for Goff, tough game for Goff. You know, it's a it's a weekly routine for us. But there was nothing in the first half really that I could point at and say this was, you know, the reason we lost, especially on the offensive side of the ball. So, you know, good question um, that I, I want to bring up right now. I want to get both your takes. I mean, is this, is this a, you know, with how Swift is, I don't want to say on the decline, but, you know, he has been an injury-prone guy and Jamal being so durable and taking on such a lift this year, do, you know, is this extend Jamal talk 
um, something real and something that we have to honestly consider sooner than later before we lose, you know, a really good talent. Yeah, I think yeah, that's I think Jamal's plays Jamal's plays and it's warranted that you know it's we've seen nothing to the contrary where he's you know he's played poor enough to to not warrant that conversation. So I, I don't see a decline in Jamal's play. I mean, and his leadership too. The players, the, he's a player's player, and the coaches love him too. So I think from his offensive productivity perspective, as well as you know his his locker room, you know, his locker room rapport, it's, it, it, it's a win-win um, would just obviously come down to dollars and, you know, where, where we're at with DeAndre, but yeah, I think you almost have to consider, you know, extending him given what he's brought to our team and to our team dynamic right now. Yeah. I feel like you can always kind of find a replacement running back in the draft, like the later rounds or anything like that. Um, but I feel like it's the off the field stuff, the leadership and everything that really makes him a key piece to wanting to keep him. And this is age 27 season running backs, obviously expire a lot quicker than other positions. Uh, so I'm curious to see if they do extend him or bring him back in the off season, what he gets. I'd be shocked if it was more than a, a year or two or like a year with an option for the second or something like that. Um, obviously just because of the lifespan of the running backs. But I, I think it'd be a tough blow if he didn't come back. And just the durability, the consistency factor. Um, you know, I, I love seeing him in a Lions uniform. So I would not be upset if uh, we got news of that extension sooner rather than later. I love that. I, I would be, I'd be thrilled. I mean, they're, they're, they complement each other so well. Um, they're, they're both threats in the backfield and, and, and dump-offs, run plays. You know, they, they really are a nice duo, something that we've never really experienced before. When they're healthy, they're, they're great together, man. So it's, it's fun to watch. So ton of positives with that. Um, but, I mean, again, here we are. Um, you know, where to start? Like what we said with Aubrey, you know, you know set and sail. Uh, again, it's, it's almost another podcast where we have to set our focus and our, our – uh, you know, stressing point of how bad this secondary is. And now, yes, we just face probably the craziest duo that we're going to see in a while, just in their own talent. But <sighs> Amani, Matt, Amani. Yeah, that guy. Where, 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 do, we, where do we begin? Uh it only took me, I watched a lot of the game. I was fortunate enough. I was fortunate enough or unfortunate enough to have watched a lot of that game. But even if you watch the condensed, <laughs> the condensed film and condensed highlights, um, it, it, the entire thing is just somebody getting carved up by a, a barrage of Miami receivers, not to mention him lining up offsides on the one yard line and getting an offsides penalty. So I don't even I think offsides is the way to put that either. That was – it looked like he was – Lost in space. I don't, even know. Yeah. I don't even know. Like he was wandering around, right? I think, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think you're right. All sides I think he little... broke his neck looking back at the football. Like he was a, he was a full yard ahead of it. It's scary, man. It, it, it's scary. And, and it's – I guess not, not even cut you off though, but like where's the captain on the field seeing that? Exactly. Like, who, who is our hawk? Who is our guy that's looking at that? I mean, you see 99% of our team literally have their feet on blue turf. This guy is on the 1.5 yard line. 
it's great. It's when you that side photo of that play where you see the lineup. It's it's almost kind of startling because you hardly ever see someone line up that egregiously off sides. Right? Am I wrong by saying that? Not in in my honest opinion. I, you know, it's it's hard it's hard to fault Anzalone because you're on the one yard line. He's a defensive captain, but like his focus is trying to clog the run there. He shouldn't have to worry about Amani lining up on sides. And Amani's coverage was just bad. He just looked lost. So I'm hoping that he improves on his 178 out of 183 cornerback ranking per PFF. I'm hoping that gets better in the near future. Yeah, it's a lot of work to be done. Um, Andrew, I mean, Kirby, he's he's taking on this new role with Tracy Walker being out. I mean, what what have you liked from him so far, over especially over the last two games off the bye? Yeah, I mean, I think it's good to see someone finally sec- stepping up in the secondary, especially if you just let go of your secondary's coach. Um, I, th- I think that for a rookie, he's done really all you can ask of him, um, you know, making plays. I would say that fumble that he caused arguably is the only reason that we, we were able to stay in the game as long as we did. If mm-hmm. we didn't get that, they they wouldn't have punted into the fourth quarter. If that, um, they would have just been rolling touchdown after touchdown. And I think that game would have got out of hand a lot earlier. Mm-hmm. So you got to so give true. credit where it's due. And I think that's, you know, Kirby is definitely a bright spot of a an area where we don't have a lot of bright spots at the moment. Um, and I, I think secondary in the off season is going to be a, a huge concern. It doesn't like Brad Holmes. I don't think it's done too much to improve that. Obviously he brings back Tracy Walker. You can't really predict injuries. Um, but I, I think that's an area that, you know, maybe you found one guy there in Kirby that might be there for a long time, but that, that's an area that it, it, if it's the same next year, we got to have a lot of, uh, you know, thoughts on where we're going with this franchise. Uh, but I mean, you got to give credit where it's due for, uh, you know, the plays he's been making and hope to continue to see it. Yeah, they got to open the wallet for these guys. They really do. They have enough young presence now, and and now like the that position needs to be a veteran. It has to be a veteran, and I'm saying I think veteran gets used very loosely in the NFL. Um, I feel like Amari Cooper is considered a veteran, and this is like his fourth or fifth NFL season. You know, so it's just like get someone who has a track record of being you know on the field active and 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 can make plays right and i think they'll learn from that so you know i think a lot of things to obviously already look forward to i think we know our immediate needs in the draft now i still don't even want to talk about that but you know based on where the rams are heading we already have two top 12 picks so it's pretty wild to see um didn't think we'd be saying that honestly based on you know the rams coming off a super bowl high but um Another thing, you know, that I thought that changed this game, totally switch gears here back to the game. Sorry. Um, but like third quarter, you know, it was, I, I, it was a 27 to 24 game, I think I want to say still. Um, and, you know, it was right after we punted, uh, we had a few penalties that sort of just made us fold. It was like third and 30 or something. So then we punted, we had a really nice, defensive showing right and then it was like third and six something like that and um you know the pocket totally collapsed on Tua and he he got out we missed we missed a golden opportunity for us to punt for to have them punt we would have got the ball back 
Um, you know, he scrambled, I, I want to say like 15, 20 yards got into, you know, our field position, they wound up scoring. And that was the Jacecki touchdown, right? They ate a lot of clock after that. And again, you completely changed the game. Now you're getting the ball up 27, 24 compared to, you know, being down now 31 to, to, to 27, you know, and that, that ultimately was, <laughs> was the game, you know, because no one scored in the, in the fourth quarter, it was a donut. So, I mean, that, that was, that was technically the game-winning uh, drive for the Dolphins. That's, that's the position you're, that the weakness at corner puts you in, though, right? You know that you can't cover, right? So the only other thing to do is to bring pressure with your linebackers and try to try to get a sack like Malcolm Rodriguez had in the first half. But when you miss and the pocket collapses like that, even a remotely mobile quarterback can break a run like that for six, seven yards. So if you have a even decent level of cornerback coverage, you know, you can play a linebacker spy and, and hope to keep contained that way. But we, we're just, we're not getting enough pressure with our D line. So we got to bring linebackers down and safeties down and mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. it's just burning us. Yeah. It's just, it's just crazy to believe that that, pl- that drive was their game winning drive that technically gave them the lead and won them the game because there was no scoring after that. So you could say that we technically held our own on defense in the fourth quarter, but offense, offense crumbled as who as well, but it's a killer. It's, it's a killer again. Cause I mean, it's, you know, again, you, you always hear that these good teams make these big plays when it matters the most. And we have yet to really capitalize in those moments that, that sort of set us over the edge and um, you know, get us in the win column. And again, you know, it just stinks to say that, you know, this again was a game that, again, even going into it was a game that could have went either way and, and should, could have been one, especially with the way that we were moving on offense. So. And we forced a punt when they were like midfield, give or take in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, I was like, is this the time that we finally stop him when we need to drive down, get the needed touchdown? I mean, maybe Miami still drives down and scores at the end of the game, but we finally forced that stop that we were just dying for the entire game and then just can't capitalize again. And it's painful. It's uh yeah, it's 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 tough. We 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 haven't I, the, even the game we won. It wasn't a perfect football game for us. You know, you could look back and, and say some other games were were better than that. And 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 here we are now, one and six killer. So, um, I got the Packers now next week. <laughs> so that doesn't get easier. And then we got the the Giants after that. Uh, so it's just it's. Again, it's it's a it's a time where again I think we go into all these games and say they are winnable games, but we got a lot of work to do. Practice needs a lot of changes again. Personnel changes now going on, so I mean I'm I'm curious to see what they're actually shaking up this week to to put us into a position for a better game. Um, so let's talk about the uh, potentially the most controversial call um, that you know again we've been known as an aggressive football team. Right. So we're moving uh, the ball down the field. Uh, I can't remember uh, three or four minutes left in the game or something. And um, we obviously failed to convert on third. Right. And uh, ha- well, Hawk ha- got us closer to the, to the, to the, to the chains, right. He, he jumped and got some extra yards fourth and two with yay minutes left. Andrew. Take me from here. Hmm. No, I mean, I 
I was shocked at Hawkinson's spot. I mean, I I thought we were going to have a third and six until he spun and dove for what almost the first down. I think it was one and a half, two yards. So great effort by Hawk there. Um, Yeah, I know when when that play unfolded, and I didn't think it was that bad of a ball. Like when he threw it, it was in the realm of possibility to be caught. But it just makes you like it takes you back to that point of he hasn't completed a pass in seven games. Outside of the twenty-six two, yards. Outside of the two. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah maybe yeah, he was yeah. feeling better today, whatever you want to call it. But, but overall, yeah, yeah, like low percentage that's, that's pass. Such a, that's such a pivotal moment in the game, and I don't know. To think that that is the play that you have to go with, that is the decision as a quarterback you have to make. Like go for it all there. I mean, you got nothing to lose. You're one in five. You got to win the game. But we we started that drive so well. It was like eight and a half minutes left in the game. It's five yards, six yards, you know, never having a risky third down, just consistently moving the chains there, getting past midfield. And then when you just need a couple yards, you you go with the deep ball. I think that was very frustrating to watch. And it's it's just not what we are. Like we we don't trust our, you know, deep ball game probably more than as much as a lot of other teams. Like Tyreek was pulling him down more than I've ever seen in a game. He probably had more deep catches yesterday than we had all season. And I, I don't know. I think I think that was really frustrating to see and just a lot of question marks for the decision-making there by Goff. Yeah, yeah I, I got to imagine there was a guy that could go through you that was closer. I'd have to rewatch the play, but no, I, I, I mean, know. and that's the that's the tough thing. I mean, when I, Swift was open, he was in the back, like, but that was the thing. Like, you could say Swift was open, right? Was he really? And would he have most likely been just hit behind the uh, line of scrimmage? Most likely, right? He that w- that was like a sacrifice play for him. Like he sort of just hopped out to the side into the flat and stood there, right? Like he didn't make any anyone move and shake things up. I mean, that's a that's a perfect checkdown dump off play, and it's just like we didn't execute everyone's potential on the field at that time. And like you, you just saw immediately on the snap, everyone went deep except the, I think the top guy, whoever that was sort of did an out route. It looked like he had a little space, but I mean, like, uh, and again, I'm not going to question, you know, Ben Johnson cause he's been great for us this year, but like may, maybe you look at that and say, yeah, maybe I wish I didn't call that play call if we're only getting two yards. And again, what's our bread and butter on this team, the short two-step drop, get the ball out. That's our bread and butter. It's been working all year. It really has been. So if again, if we lost on that, right now I would say we failed. And but it was the right play call, right? I can't say that right now when we go deep to you know our third, our third best receiver right now. It just it's it's tough to swallow and it's tough to say that that was the move right there because you move the chains, you're 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 inching towards the red zone, and you know who knows what could happen there. Anything's possible at that point. After Reynolds had dropped a touchdown to end the first half, that too, yes, right. three seconds left. I, I think the only thing, the only thing you guys pretty much nailed the point. But I think what I often think about there is you you want to run your best play there on fourth and two, and that definitely would just not even close to what your best play is in your playbook. There, it just it it just seemed pretty helter skelter. So, yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, you know, when it rains, it pours. That's, that's what they say. Bad play calling. It was just uh, destined to happen. And then, you know, again, we turn the ball over and, you know, we have our three timeouts. We have the two minute warning. 
it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if we had six timeouts. They weren't. Yeah, it, wouldn't have it wouldn't have mattered. They weren't stopping. They were falling forward. They were getting open. Um, I mean, again, you get you get two guys going for 300 combined yards, 20 out of his 28 completions. It's it's you 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 know you're done. You know you're a dead man, and you you're just you know wearing that on the chin after that because I mean they were finding a way. And 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 to his pass again, you know I think when like in the preseason they were saying like, oh he's got such a nice ball. This guy just puts so much air under it that. They they're so fast, Waddle and 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 Hill. They can just make their way under the ball because they just outrun everyone and they can just find themselves. Boom! Ran the breadbasket. Like I don't even think a lot of his passes were great passes. They just like you know again and a few AJ Parker missed yesterday. Like total toss up, and he sort of just jumped up and caught it. AJ Parker's not even paying attention, and then he just fell on him. You know, so it's just like they made it work and we didn't. That's what it comes down to. They have that X factor. We don't. They had they made that big play. We didn't. The second they got their running game going with Mostert, all Tua had to do was bootleg, and the entire Lions defensive line was running with the running back and didn't have the ball. Mm-hmm. They were just carving us up with play action bootlegs the second half. You know, so whatever they whatever didn't work in the first half, they uh, clearly went to the tape and made a very small adjustment for big dividends in the second half. I feel like Mostert didn't even like kill us that much the running game it was like we limited them to what i think it was at four and a half yards per carry you know not that bad it's just uh every third down every deep play it was just such a such a kick it was, it was just hard you know there was no way we were stopping them for 95 percent of that game he was incredible man he, he is i mean in one-on-one he, he's near impossible to guard he you i don't i i would love to see like him in Ramsey head to head like 10 straight games in a row just to see like what actually happens. Uh, he, he is such a consistent, you know, pass catcher. And one stat that I saw um, this morning was he has four games out of eight this year with 150 receiving yards. The four that he doesn't have, two of them weren't with Tua. So it's just like, he is absolutely dialed with this quarterback and, and in this system when we, they have full health. So, I mean, credit to them. I mean, they're five and three right now. They're making a case for, for a playoff run. Um, they got a good team. Most of it was a huge pickup for them. Again, it's just like they're, they, they weren't dominant enough for us to say that this was a losable game off the bat. And that's what just stinks. So I feel like another thing, like watching that game, I feel like Miami had a penalty every other play. Like, I feel like we declined half of them, too. Like, they only had seven for 55, but I can't even count how many we declined on them. Mm-hmm. When they have so many penalties like that, you got to win the game. You got to be able to take advantage somehow. It was – like, we had six for 30, which isn't great. The yardage is pretty low. But every time they did something right, it was because there was there was a flag on the play as well, and we got a second chance of it. You know, we had that one, I think it was – well, it was the, I think it was the first half. Um, it was like a third and 12. They didn't convert. And it was a illegal contact or something. It's first and goal in the five. And then it's an easy touchdown for them. So, like, we, we had our fair share of penalties, too. But everything they were doing, it was just you saw the yellow flag coming out. And we just got to take advantage of that. And we just weren't able to. It's frustrating. It's infuriating because we spent the entire offseason talking about how good of a strength this quarterbacking crew would be. And we're not even, what, we're six games in. And it 
it looks like a, an absolute travesty. <laughs> it's it's so depressing. Yeah, we. What stinks is like like I I tweeted yesterday like these coaches, it hard knocks just came at a really bad time. Looking back at it, hindsight twenty twenty like this this series got us so jacked up. The end of the season of last year got us so jacked up because again, they ended so strong. The coaches were locked in. The players were invested after being one and I mean, Oh, and nothing. And like, if you really look at it, we are such a young underdeveloped team that realistically shouldn't be winning these games, but we sort of been like, manipulated into thinking that we are a favorite in a lot of these games now. And it's just making us so much more upset that we're losing this game, but we are an incomplete team and we're just, we're outsized We're, you know, we're, we're lacking specific, you know, talent and just sort of like that clutch gene and, and it's, it's across the, the field. And that, that's what just really sucks. And again, like, I hate to say like on to next year when we have a little more reps under our belt, but like, that's sort of what it's coming down to at this point and adding a little more veteran presence. But like, you know, again, that, that like honeymoon phase of like having a hype man coach, having, you know, coaches that are players, coaches, having them, you know, fight for you every step of the way that's not, that starts losing its, 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 its taste when you can't win games and, and you can't perform and, and, and your team isn't, you know, ending up in the win column. So, I mean, like, I, I, my only fear is that we start now going in the opposite direction in terms of losing our trust, our coaches and just the players. And then, you know, in December, it's going to be the most disgusting football that we've ever seen because everyone's just ready for, you know, the off season. What happens if we play at home this weekend against Green Bay and we put up an absolute dud? What do you guys think? What's the next domino to fall? If Aubrey Pleasant got the can, and we go say Green Bay comes in and they just roll us, right? With their with their peewee football receiving core. What do you think happens? Angie, you want first dibs on that? I mean, I, I think if we're giving up forty plus points to a, a Green Bay team that is really struggling on offensive teams, I, I don't think Dan Campbell's gonna be gone, but I think it'd be hard to not make another shakeup in some way, shape, or form. Um, I mean, Aaron Glenn, eventually it's got to turn around. You can't just – I don't think he has the entire season to turn around. So, if he gives up a, a nice 48 spot, just like the Seahawks game where we literally just let them get into the end zone for free every single play. Um, I don't know, maybe he's the next domino to fall. How much can you go for the the small coordinators compared to the guy at the top? I don't know. And I, I mean, mean, if we lose next week, like you know, the season's in the bag anyway, so it right. doesn't really matter what you do. You know, see what you have in house from a coaching perspective, and then and then change it from there. But I, I think next week, the next two weeks will be a, a pretty big tell. I mean, because then after that, you get the Giants and the Bills. I don't expect those to be wins. Yeah. And, and, and that's, what's, that's what stinks. And like, it's, it's almost like you don't know what the Giants are going to do this up the week after a loss to the Seahawks, but like for the Packers, you know, they were playing some abysmal football right now. Um, they look lost. Rogers looks lost. You can't, you can't connect with this wide receiving core, but like, here you go. 
Up next, the Detroit Lions, and here's Aaron Rodgers' get-right game, right? Get back to life, get back to what he's capable of doing, and let him absolutely torch a division rival. Yeah, I said it, even though we're probably not rivals at this point. <laughs> but it's here we are. It's like it's it's like we're lining up all these teams just happen to be our schedule to be like this is the game where they're going to figure it out. You know, like Dolphins only were able to score you know like fourteen points last week against the Steelers. Right. And now like they put up a 30 spot, you know, like everyone is coming into our, in, into our games and, you know, playing top notch. I mean, maybe not in defense cause they, we are scoring on them, but like they are, they're, they're, be, they're beating us. So they're, they're, they're doing something right. So, I mean, I absolutely see to answer your question, Matt, like Rogers being Rogers, uh, you know, having his, his hat on of it's the Detroit Lions time to beat, be, beat up a, a division team and, and tell them who's, who's, who's boss. So, I mean, I absolutely can see that happening. I even, you know, picked up Romeo Dobbs last week in fantasy, just because I'm pre- like expecting just like torching of the cornerbacks, unfortunately. And again, Jeff had a good game again, in my opinion, it's just everyone else. Like if you really take him off, off, this is even a worse situation. So, Anyway, I mean, like, I guess we'll transition right into this this preview. It's you know, this is this is a very interesting spot. I don't think we've been this late into the season ever seeing the, uh, the the Packers this down in the in the standings, three and five, correct? Yeah. So four game losing streak for them, yeah. Four game losing streak. You know, again, like based on where we are today, you know, on Halloween, you know, this is this is again. A, anyone have the opening line for this right now? I got. I got to assume that the Packers are three. Packers are three. So um, three and a half. Yeah. So I mean, you got to look at that and like we don't typically have probably you know plus three against the Packers on, on normal year. So again, this is another toss up game, and you know going into this game, you have to expect that we have an opportunity to win. If, if the Packers are playing the same football they've been playing for the last month, this is a game that we can win. I say can win, not should win, but we can win. But, you know, I think we, we all know who we're playing on the other side and what could come out of that. We scored one more touchdown this past week. and this, We scored one touchdown in the second half, the entire second half, and we win. Yeah. Right, which is – there's no way we should not have won this past we – we just, we just should have flat out won. But Rodgers coming into, into Ford is, 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 a, is always a bad omen. So and, he, and he's another one that just loves to execute on third down against us. Yeah, he loves playing on that turf at Ford Field. He loves it. Bastard. Hopefully this is his final year. Pray God. It will be. Trade him. Let him go. I don't think making $60 million next year. I looked at it today. 59.5 cap hit, I think, next year. You know what, though? And then the year think... after, like, 40 – 48 or something like that. Do you think like chance to restructure his contract, you think? I don't know. if you. There's no way you could restructure $59.5 million to make it feasible to, to do something. Well, I'm saying if he wants to bring in help at receiver, right, he could lessen the load right now for the Packers financially, but in the long term, I don't know. Because, you know, there's going to be no incentive for him to stay with that, with, you know, with that, you know, Don Bosco receiving core that he's got there at, you know, <laughs> in Green Bay. It's just not, it's not feasible. No, it's not. They're young. They're, Sammy Watkins hit the IR after week one. So 
They they got they got nothing over there. Aaron Jones is doing his thing. I think Dylan hasn't really leapfrogged as as everyone thought he was going to this year. It's just it's just weird. Football He's been yeah, he's been tough to watch. Yeah. I don't think he's really got the trust of the coaching staff or something because I thought he was gonna be an absolute stud and almost take over Aaron Jones' role. A lot of people I couldn't have been that. more wrong. A lot of people thought that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is just a weird time in sports right now. Brady and Brady and Roger struggling. Um what what actually I was just gonna ask a question, but I don't have a or but like how insane is it is that the the Vikings are six and one? And their one loss, they got absolutely stomped by Philly. And we had them beat. We had yeah. them beat. They won on a double doink in London. Like, they had a ridiculous win again this week. Like, they're the most overrated 6-1 team right now in football. Well, the Giants held that title until they I, until they lost this weekend, which I'm glad happened because the Giants are just playing way, fair, over, fair. way over their head. They're the Vikings special. are going to come back down to earth, too, though. It's only a matter of time. Really, they're just they're overachieving, and then there's there's a couple. They have different couple, a couple of different luck statistics. They're like top ten, in two or three different models for luck. So they're they're gonna come back down to earth, just regressing back to the mean in a bunch of categories. I could just see it now. And they've only beaten one team that's over five hundred, which is Miami. So they got the Cardinals, the Bears, the Saints, Who, the Vikings, us, yeah, the Packers. So. I, mean, I don't think the NFC is particularly strong this year, um, but they don't have too many wins against, I guess, quality opponents halfway through the season. But I mean, you got to give them credit there. You know, they're winning their games, the teams that they're playing. So, you know, they're yeah. doing what they have to do. But we're losing to the teams that we could beat as well. So, I mean, I can, we can't talk too much shit. <laughs> they're in a totally different world. So, all right. I mean, I think we all hit a donut on our predictions last week. I said a tight end touchdown. Um, and one interception on defense. We did not succeed there. Uh, Matt wanted a Raymond touchdown. We did not get that. And uh, Andrew, I know you said you wanted a, a, a dub spot for Swift and uh, holding them under 21, and we didn't get that either. So My guy Raymond had a touchdown if Goff didn't underthrow him by 10 yards. Uh, yeah, that was his Raymond second. was going to walk in. That, so that was his second pass that was over the 26 air yards, and he had the quarterback beat. He, I mean, Raymond made a beautiful catch, and he just dove on the five, and he just, you know, dragged, and he got down. But like, you throw that ball seven more, seven more yards with a little he more air, no it's a, it's a cakewalk touchdown. We scored though. Yes, we did score. I was saying, like, it was man that wasn't clean. Yeah, no, no I, I hear you. I mean, that, I mean, that would have been again great for Goff. Something that he has. We one stat that I caught on the screen actually is like we're top three with most twenty plus yard you know, uh, passing plays, but like it has nothing to do with how far the ball is traveled in the air. Like they're all yak. Yeah. Yeah. They're all yak. They're uh, St. Brown. I mean, even, even he had a nice return game uh, just to, you know, close up on this game, but like he, he does a very nice, he reminds me of Golden Tate a lot, very scrappy when he gets the ball, like he's, he's already are always pivoting and he's always trying to find an opening and sort of like makes the, the, the defenders like not, necessarily run right at him and they sort of meet him so he's always getting those extra yards and he's been a huge help he had a he had a bad drop yesterday though um i can't recall if that like negatively impacted our drive or not but um 
yeah, it's good to have him back. Uh, it's it's again, Goff is a Goff is a different man with with Swift and uh, and St. Brown on the field. So we got to keep it. We got to keep them on the field. Physical therapy, twenty four seven when they're not playing. <laughs> they got to be perfect. So, on to predictions for Sunday, Green Bay Lions. Andrew, hit me with uh, what you got. We're all on a, a little dry spell right now with our predictions. So, uh, simplify. Sure, sure everyone makes like we like simplify our offense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't think the grass is getting much greener next week. I think, as much as I hate to say it, I think this is going to be the get right game for Green Bay, like you said. Um, I'm also kind of sick of predicting that we're going to win close games every week, and it never happens. Um, I, I think. Rodgers is finally going to get something that clicks, whether he gets Watson to come back um, from the concussion and Lazard. Um, I, I think they're going to win maybe 35-23. That's what I'm going to say. I think we're going to lose by more than one score. Um, but on the bright side, um, I think next week is the get-right game for Swift at the same time. I, I think he gets his feet, his feet under him. Um, I think he can get 100 all-purpose yards. Um, hopefully he gets in the end zone. I'm not going to say that. Um, I think Swift is going to have a good game to keep us in it a little bit, but I think it's going to be too much for, for us to overcome against Rodgers because he just owns us, and I, I don't think that's changing anytime soon. Um, so hopefully, hopefully I'm wrong, but I think it's going to get a little bit worse before it gets better, and then maybe we'll see some coaching shakeups from there if we, uh, we can't keep it close. Yeah, if we go winless uh, through Thanksgiving, something's happening. Something's absolutely happening. And it's really making me question if I want to go to MetLife in two weeks for this Giants-Lions game. Obviously, I'm going to go, but um, I'm losing the drive <laughs> as every week goes, every day goes on. So, all right, Maddie, what do you got? You know, Hawk typically plays well against the Packers. You know, he's he's got a pretty good track record against them. So, I say Hawk gets in the end zone this weekend. Um, I'm with Drew on the – Packers winning by more than one score. I'm going to say 31-20 Green Bay is going to be the final. Um, but I think Hawk gets in the end zone this weekend uh, and gets another TD under his belt. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he had, he had a night, that nice uh, uh, catch, it, catch and run for a lot of yards. I mean, I, he only ended up with like three grabs or something. So, I mean, I wish he had a little more volume in the second half. It might have changed things up. Could have, should have, could have, would have, right? So, uh, I am going to go – I honestly think that the Packers – this is going to be – I feel like a lot of the games we've lost this year, again, they're all within a possession, right? And we just did one play wrong. And just like the fourth and two, just like some other plays in the in the previous month, I think like the Packers just cover this one by four because um, I think Aaron Rodgers gets right, but not his, his true, you know, self. So, I mean, I think he's going to deliver some yards and, and some scores, but, you know, we're going to be able to sort of keep up with that until one of us, meaning the Lions, messes something up in the fourth quarter, in my opinion. So I'm going to go with a uh, – what I really want to say, actually, is a Mason, Mason Crosby missed field goal because he literally cannot hit a field goal at Ford Field, but I'm not going to jinx it. So I'm going to go with like a – like a 28-24 uh, game against the Packers. Um, and I'm going to say 
Rogers is not going well. No, based on what I'm thinking, I'm going to say that two receivers get over 75 receiving yards. I think that's something we 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 can definitely get. Yeah, so. that's I think that's doable, and and I will say, um, Packers receiving PFF, um, sorry, defensive coverage PFF grades are really good. They're rushing against PFF grades aren't that great, so I think Jamal and DeAndre should have a pretty good weekend. Yeah, and that's why I didn't want to say that. I mean, I just watched the Bills game last night against the Packers. Like, Bills got shut out in the second half too. So I mean, like. They, they, they did something in the locker room, they fixed it and, and they addressed it, but you know, they have, they definitely have a good core. So, I mean, they could, they could definitely lock down these guys, but I mean, again, with our short plays and how we can burst off from that, I think we could have a few guys with some nice grabs and find some openings and hopefully, you know, those turn into TDs, something we execute on. But um, yeah, I like that bet. I like to be creative. I don't like just saying like, you know, it's not fun to say Jamal Williams for a touchdown tomorrow. It's not, it's not fun. So that's my bet. All right. Episode 28. In the books, as I said in the beginning, guys, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, lineup pod, uh, put on post notifications or episode notifications as well for uh, Spotify and Apple podcast. Uh, and, uh, you know, we are uh, here to deliver content on a weekly basis. One last thing that I totally forgot to drop the ball on trade deadlines tomorrow. Anything that we are expecting. I think the Hawk rumors might be swept out. I'm hoping that's the case. I'd love him to be, you know, a line long-term. I think we can all agree on that. I don't know if he's worth the money there now. I think there's a lot of discussion now going back and forth with his average, probably where he'd fall in the, in the salary mix here. But I mean, do you guys think uh, there's a, there's a seller's move tomorrow for the Lions? I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I think for a guy like Hawkinson, I I don't think we would trade him for not high value. So I, I hope any move we make is just we get a, a solid return. Um, I don't know. I, I, it'd be tough to see him go. I feel like, you know, he grew up here. And if he goes through all the bad years before getting any good years, it'd be kind of tough to see it. But if he goes somewhere and wins, then, you know, good for him. Um but I don't know. I, I feel like we're going to stay put to, uh, to the most part. I don't think, uh, I don't think they want to give in just yet, but if we, if we get a crazy haul, like the CMC deal for San Fran, where it's, you know, you get a second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh for the next 10 years or whatever the hell it was. No, nah, we're not um, going to get that. You know, it's, it's hard to say no. So yeah, no, I, I think most people will be staying put. Um, but we just got to see how it goes my gut feeling yeah like Rokon Smith got traded today for a second and fifth so yeah, like he's got off easy yeah I, I think I, I, if, if there's anywhere I could see Hawk going it would be to the Chargers I think the Chargers are looking for an extra offensive piece to kind of bookend Eckler in their receiving core so that can be yeah I could I could see that I mean in my mind's eye but Again, I think staying put is the most likely scenario. Um, and the league is really top-heavy. The top-heavy teams don't really need that many pieces. Um, the Chiefs need a defensive piece, obviously, and the Bills need another offensive piece. So I can see the Bills going out and getting a running back that's out there, like a Kareem Hunt type of guy to kind of complement that, that receiving the market. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, and, you know, we're hearing Camara rumors, you know, what it would take for New Orleans to get rid of Camara would be an arm and a leg, I imagine, but um, this is the Bills window and their fan base is a bunch of lunatics. So I can see them pulling up a crazy trade for a dominant running back to make that offense even more elite than it already is. Eagles are in the mix for that too. Yeah, but the Eagles have the Eagles have three running backs. I feel like they and they rotate them pretty well. Yeah, I was talking to Matt actually yesterday, and uh, he was giving me a he he actually said that he's willing to let Miles Sanders walk based on just you know what he's been doing. Um, they really like Gainwell, they really like Boston Scott, and just with you know the money that Sanders is going to probably look for, um, you take someone like you know Kamara, you know they're they're all for it, obviously. Um, I forgot. It looked like it was potentially two first rounds, but he said there's absolutely no way that he would say no to that that trade for them right now. That trip that 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 puts them at a superstar, you know, literally like three superstars almost on offense with you know like a a B plus Devontae Smith and Goddard. You know, it's just like that. That is an absolute stacked offense with a solid line. They just lost Jordan Davis this weekend, though, which is kind of upsetting. Yeah. Yeah, he's been playing so damn well. But, yeah, they don't really have a bruise of a running back, but I think I think his point is is well taken. I think with Gainwell and Boston Scott, though, there really is no point to overpay for Sanders if they don't have to. But, yeah. Yeah, and that's just like you you pay that extra price tag for Kamara because he's a proven beast. That would be insane. That would be insane. I, I'm for it. I don't, I'm not too fond of uh, the Giants. So sort of pissed them off with that. I'm okay with that. So, yeah, I think the Lions have put uh, sit tight. And uh, we'll see, though. Uh, we'll be tweeting tomorrow with updates. So, all right. I think I caught everything now, right? I think we're all good. All good. Night, night. All right, guys. Um, take care. Thanks for listening. Line up. Uh, episode 20 in the books. Follow us again, like I said. Line up pod. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, Apple Music, the whole nine. Uh, we got content everywhere. So uh, give us a follow, give us a listen and chime in and uh, go Lions. We'll, uh, we'll see how we do on Sunday against the Packers and uh, we'll see you again at this time next week. Free hug. See ya. <laughs>